Heaven High! We've been asked not to say Heaven High by a curmudgeon. Oh, well, let's blow the curmudgeon up. Heaven High, curmudgeon. Heaven this is epi- High! Yeah, and it'll, I bet you that curmudgeon will certainly be in hell low. Yeah, what a curmudgeon. This, this is episode 137 of the Rum Doings podcast. Please email us, podcast at rumdoings.com, or join us at Rum Doings on Twitter. We got an email this week from somebody who was very nice, I thought. Uh, yes. It was a charming email about how we'd lifted his spirits, and that's all we want to do. We don't want to do anything else. I do. What do you want to do? I want to make people have sex with each other. Well, we know that we do that in Australia. Yeah, I know. Yeah, talking of Australia, do you want to go there ever? No, I would, yes, but only if they move it nearer. Okay, what's the topic? You're in charge of the topic. Well, I was surprised that we hadn't talked about, not talked about this very important topic before, but if they can pretend to send a man to the moon, why can't they cure the common cold? So, Hmm. spying, eh, Nick? Spying. Yeah, who'd have thought it? I mean, only two years ago they started spying on the internet, never having done it ever before. That's right, there's never been Echelon or Dictionary or any of these things. No. Since the 70s. Yes. I don't know what to feel about it, Jonathan. Because on the one hand, it's, it is Orwellian, and actually using the phrase Orwellian correctly for yes. once in its disastrous <laughs> life. But on the other hand, it's also kind of inevitable. So it's a bit like trying to argue that a tiger likes to hunt for its dinner. You know, well, It feels futile. Um, and I've always argued that if you proceed with your online life with the expectation that you have any privacy, you're deluded. And I think one just has to live with that in mind. Sorry, it's not nice, but, you know, don't ask the tiger to become a vegan. But what what, what if we just don't want the tiger to be there at all? Well, the problem with making the tiger extinct is that then the tiger would be extinct. Yeah, so what? You know, you'll be throwing the tiger out with the cub water. (laughs) <laughs> in other words what i'm what i'm saying is that all governments will ha- will tend to do this whether you want them to or not as long as they are governments and the only solution would be 100 percent libertarianism by which i mean mogadishu but richard littlejohn says mm-hmm. that we shouldn't have this invasion of invasion of our privacy well yes but a lot of uh relatively right-wing um commentators do say that in as much as they have any notion of libertarianism. And it's a good way to say, you know, when we told you we wanted to make government smaller and the state smaller, this is what governments do when they're big and paranoid. And the infuriating thing is, they're correct. (laughs) Uh, But the problem is, of course, it's not the full story. And we have a very complex system where the state is the most evil, pernicious, organized form of humanity ever invented but is also one of the most useful and that's our problem you know it's like arguing about the motor car isn't it you know we 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 would love i've said you know too many times next time i do it will you just disembowel me please Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so for example with the motor car we both have the instincts to want to ban all motor cars and also love them up their exhaust pipes simultaneously (laughs) so it i think the the state is, is pretty similar we would hate to live in a society where there were no organized state. And indeed, we look at places like Rwanda, 
that's what you get because people are rubbish when they're left to their own devices to that degree. However, there is no excuse for this sort of overarching, paranoid, self-serving, um, observing idiocy. So are we going to get the happy mean? No, we won't. We'll just carry on wobbling between extremes. But that's the way things happen. So let's not worry about it uh, until we're all thrown in prison because Echelon mistakes one of our innocent outbursts for something that isn't. For example, if I innocently said, John, I wish yes. to I wish to blow up uh, British Airways A380 as soon as it goes in the air in order to support Allah, mm-hmm. the... The, the the secret system secretly listening to this podcast because that's the only way you can listen to it yeah, right. my, they, my, could my, be, they could be ch- tapping in and listening to our mumble communications yeah, they could be by going into the room <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know they could misinterpret that statement as being something nefarious when it isn't it's just an innocent statement of a wish to blow up an airliner yes so by which you, you mean uh, inflate your special balloon no, by which I mean blow up an airliner. Oh, to place uh, with charges explosives. upon it, explosive charges upon it. Yes. And detonate and kill, them during flight. Yeah. And kill all the, the, the uh, passengers and crew. That's right. A mere innocent statement like mm-hmm. that can be so badly misinterpreted. That would be and awful, that's the problem with these systems. I could, if I were just to, I don't know, just chat to you innocently enough about my elaborate... 10 year in the making plan to murder the president or to bum a child mm. no no because actually uh, bumming children is, is protected um, by in certain circumstances and certain organisations but yes but blow I up the don't president don't think they care about that blowing up the president much more serious and that's with a bicycle pump this time mm, absolutely mm-hmm. I wish to inflate President Obama to the very point at which his skin stretches and pops Skin? Oh, you don't like his skin. You want his skin to go. Oh, is there something wrong with his skin that you don't like, John? Yes, it's too... Too what, John? Too lizardy. Too, too lizardy. Too lizardy. What colour are lizards? They're, they're, all, they're all black, really. <laughs> yes, they're black and hooked nose. <laughs> That's right. Did you see um, What's-His-Name on the uh, Andrew Neil show? Yes, I did. What a what's his name again? Uh, moron Twatface. More on Twatface, did you know he's an avowed Christian? Yes, of and course he, he is. That, they all are, these loonies. And he believes that men, people who are mentally ill are possessed, all of them. I didn't, know he, I didn't know he was of that opinion. Take your telephone yes. away from your computer, young man. Okay, I'm going to throw it across the room, literally. Are you, are you listening? I want to hear it hit the wall. Really? Yeah. Okay, one, two, three. Gosh. There you go. I heard it shatter. Alex Jones is his name. Alex Jones. Yes, uh, I've I've heard him do this sort of rant before. He did oh, yes, on the Piers Morgan program, I think. Um, I've heard him. I, I intrigued after the um, the Boston bombings. I watched his uh, his his live feed for his ghastly radio show. And did he did he think that the Boston bombings were an inside job? I mean, obviously he did. Well, yes, of course he did. I, and I I always think it must take an enormous amount of energy to believe everything a conspiracy. Well, what David Aronovich said was quite good. He said, well, if the Bilderbergs are so powerful yes. and paranoid, what are you doing on a BBC programme talking to us and not being dead? Well, because they'd make him into a martyr if they killed him. 
That's very good, very good. It's a lovely how there's an answer to everything, isn't there? Yes, that's right. It's impossible for... They, they, they kill everyone who says this stuff except for people who say this stuff because then yes. they become martyrs. Exactly. So there's currently a race between Prince Philip and uh, Nelson, Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Who's going to win? Uh, I think I think Mandela, sadly. He's, he's on the way out. In fact, by the time this comes out, he may be out. Indeed. I'm just checking to see if he's out already. Go on then, have a look. Nope, neither of them is dead yet. Yeah, well, it was just exploratory surgery. That's that's the only reason you put a 92-year-old under general anaesthetic and slice his tummy open for a little <laughs> bit of exploration. They wanted to find out. They're just going on an adventure. We're going <laughs> on an adventure inside the Prince of Queenland. Yes, inside his duodenum. So if, if uh, Charlie Pops becomes king... Why would Charlie Pops become king now if his daddy dies? His mummy has to no, die. No, 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 no. I, mean, I realise. And yes, my... I am threatening the Queen with death, yes, personally, yes, Echelon, yes. I plan to murder the Queen through the long and difficult process of age. So do I. I've, I've cursed her with, age, with agedness. I refuse to cease the passage of time, thus the Queen shall die! <laughs> ah, Queen, you thought you were exempt from my nefarious second law, but you're not. <laughs> Curse you, Newton, murderer of all. Anyway, uh, Newton didn't uh, discover the uh, laws of thermodynamics. It would have been better if you'd have said something like, Curse you, Leibniz. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? I forgot who did the laws of thermodynamics. Well, a number of people contributed to it. I it can remember the hand of... symbol, though, to remember the... Which hand symbol? The thumb pointy up. The Maxwell. Uh, uh, yes, there were different hand symbols. I like the coil one. I don't know oh, what that dear. one is. Anyway, you were saying what happens if Charlie does, becomes does, your 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 king? It becomes my king. Yes, uh, my personal king, king of my it's house. It's your church. It's true. The Church of England to which I'm not affiliated is my church. It is, whether you want it to be or not. Indeed. Yeah. Um... And it's exempt from the horror of gay marriage. Phew. Phew, gay. Yes. Uh, um, does Camilla become queen or is there some other title nowadays? Um, does she become royal concubine or something? I don't royal, know because in the oldie days, sort. in the oldie days, it was just kings and whoever they married, whomever they married became queen. But sort when you're queen, ever. you don't get a king by marrying. So what happens? I want to know what happens when you get a king again. Well, she, she maybe she'll become the royal consort. Plus, the your British public won't allow her to be queen because of you know Diana, Queen Queen Diana. You mean? Yes, who was the queen of all our hearts. So Camilla's not uh, Camilla, being the uh, evil godmother, is not allowed to become a queen. I she's mean, the, the evil godmother, the evil stepmother. I beg your pardon. She's the queen of my duodenum. Yes. Oh dear. Now, you said that you wanted to go to Australia, but it was a bit too far. But seriously, would you want to go to Australia? I'd be very interested to go to anywhere, really, so long as it were a bit nearer. But the, what do you think of a couple of flights which basically combined take more than 24 hours? If I were in some ridiculous first class, I'd be delighted. I'd, I'd would... love the time. But I, the idea of sitting in economy for 26 hours is not something I wish to do to myself. No. Uh, the longest single flight... I think it was the Singapore Air on the A34500, which is, I think, 18 and a half hours in the mm. air. With a, and, you know, when we talk, I said, you know, again, and you haven't disemboweled me. Oh. Go on. I was drinking coffee at the time. I'm sorry. Well, I didn't ask for a coffee enema. <laughs> That's what you're getting. Uh, ooh, ooh, tingly. 
Anyway, yes, what I, as I was saying, the longest flight at the moment is, I think, around 18 hours. Uh, and when we talk about these flights to Australia, of course, they are broken with uh, refueling stops. But even so, you know, they're very long flights and you know you've got the exact same length flight or slightly shorter flight afterwards, which is very dispiriting. But I think the notion of sitting in the air for 18 hours, even if you really love aeroplanes, and frankly, even if you're in quite a good class, it must become spiritually problematic. You know, you start to feel, I said it again. What's wrong with me, John? What is the, what is the thing you're upset about? I, I'm confused. You know. I don't know. I keep saying you know. Oh, I see. I said, you, you, you know, know, it becomes spiritually problematic. I've got to stop that. I hate people who do that. That's why I stopped listening to Dr. John Briffer. Because he you're, says, you know, every two minutes. You're going to start saying basically soon. I will not say basically, you know. Basically, you know. Basically, Gosh, Nick, it's know. so foggy. I can't even see the hills. It's June. It's June. It's summer. Summer, lubber, 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 lubber. No, it isn't. Remember what we said it is? It's Rainton. <laughs> summer only begins at the end of August, mid- middle of August. Well, what was last week then? Why do I have sunburned arms? Uh, that was, um... Th- that that was called Trickyton. Trickyton. Trickyton is a week in the middle of Rainton. Just to just to, to to trick you. Trickyton is in the middle of Rainton. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a season lit. <laughs> so Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, was Queen Elizabeth when she was married to George the Sixth. Yeah, and she wanted to be. I think she made so sure that she was, and she reinvented the term Queen Mother as well. She always wanted to have the word Queen in her title. I see. Yeah. Well, uh, well Camilla, I therefore Camilla should be Queenie Pops. Yeah, Queen Camilla. Well, there was a debate about it when she got married to him, but who knows now? Because also there's a problem with that she was an evil divor- divorcee. Mm. So she, I don't believe that the Queen is allowed to be a divorcee. Because remember, well, she was not a... That seems like terrible double standards. <laughs> well, I think they've forgotten how the Church of England was formed. Because remember, she wasn't allowed to get married in a Church of England. Because she was divorced. Huh. And you think, what? what's your basic foundational principle? <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> oh, dearie me. How silly. Anyway, you're blathering on about planes, you know. You know, but yeah, I was just thinking, you know, even if you were in the best class, just being in that air and being confined for 18 hours, I think would become stir-crazy problematic. So I flew in the best class... As, I, as we discussed on... Ver- you didn't fly in the best class. The best class is, I believe these days, the suites on the A380 Singapore Air, where it actually pretty much, you pretty much have your own room and it is a bed. That does sound good. Yeah, the A380 Singapore Air first class suites are a completely different sort of class. Um, Virgin Atlantic's upper class is like a, a good business class. It is, and that's what I was surprised. It was equivalent. So the, the two best flights I've ever had were... Were uh, business class on BA um, after a, a random upgrade, and uh, upper class on Virgin. And it was upper class on Virgin was slightly worse than business class on BA. Well, upper class on Virgin is priced to be the equivalent of business class on BA. So what's bit what's first class on BA then? First class on BA is slightly better seats, slightly better food, and you get a slightly better lounge. But the food in, in, in business class was amazing on BA. When was that? Uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, right. Well, that's good to know. It was absolutely I think, stunning. I think Virgin tend to do more comfort foody sort of things, don't they? You know, puddings and uh, 
suet pies and that kind of thing. It was decent, but the 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 the, the, Brit, the British Airways was just really because I, I always thought it was the other way around. I thought Virgin was meant to be the stunning one, mm. and it really rather wasn't. I'm trying. I'm going to try to find how much if I can fly first class. I'm going to go to uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. On what on. On, on British, British Airways, so I'm going to see how much it costs. I'm going to fly next. I'm going to fly in August, just to August. Oh, you're really making it tough for them. I remember to have the return come back. You need to stay there for a Saturday. Yes, I'm flying. I'm going to fly from Tuesday to Tuesday, to yes. include a weekend, and we're okay. going to fly first class. Are you now? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just have a look. This is like an advert for British Airways and how slow their website is. <laughs> it won't be an advert when you realise what the price is. Please wait whilst. Can everyone please stop saying whilst? It's I like while. It's it's British. It's not British. It's it's a it's people think they sound like they're no it's like saying whom in the wrong place. <laughs> There's no reason to use whilst anymore because it's, it's inferior no uses the genitive. Yeah. So how much is it gonna cost you, John? You might have to select the flight. I can get it for £2,170. Really? Yeah. That's the cost of an upper-class flight. In fact, upper-class often costs a little bit more than that. I think that's, that's, that is each I think way. There's a, oh, no, no, it's uh, not. Oh, no it's, no, it's not. I don't think it is. They must, be having a, they must be having a special war on now. I can also go American Airlines for £6,851. Yeah, because American Airlines is definitely known to be three oh or four times as good as British Airways. Well, how can what? Why? Why are British Airways? Do they own American Airlines? Because I'm getting results on their site. Yeah, it, they don't own it, but they've got an allegiance of sorts. Remember, and uh, Richard Branson got very cross about it. Right. Yeah, but no, I mean uh, American Airlines is a terrible airline. And it's actually, the worst. It's the worst airline I've ever. No, it is each way. It's two thousand each way. There you go. That makes more. Still two thousand quid cheaper than American Airlines. Well. I don't understand this. It's all very confusing. Can I ask you, you've flown in America internally, haven't you? Or have uh, you? Yes, not for a very long time, but I have. American airlines are terrible, aren't oh, it's they? the worst airline I've ever... I've flown to America on American Airlines, and it's the... Oh, no, is that a lie I've flown? No, I think I may have flown across America. And it was just by far the most obnoxious and awful flight. It was the equivalent of, a, of being on a National Express coach in, in, in the sky. If they had psychopathic, nasty people prancing up and down the aisles in the coach and they still had the um pull down projector screen for the movie yeah they and, and it like, was yeah. pulled down below so if you're in any seat but the front seat you could just see most you could only see two-thirds of the screen well, that's the interesting thing about the american airline industry for a country that prides itself so distinctly on the uh, customer service ethos the airlines uh, and the uh, cabin crew are such awful dragons that <laughs> it's like it's like a sudden inversion into a kind of Soviet system, isn't it? It's, the, it's almost American Airlines reminds me of what Aeroflot must have been like, right. which is funny. For, but then again, if you look at what the, has happened to the airlines in America, there's been massive price competition. A lot of them went out of business. And there's been a lot of consolidation, so there isn't actually a lot of um, competition anymore. Because until the until the uh, late 70s, the airline ticket prices and which airlines could fly which routes were very highly regulated. So airlines didn't have a lot of competition, but they and you know and they knew what they would charge. 
but therefore they had the, if you like, the luxury of giving good service on their routes because um, there was no reason not to because you know they they had certain standards that uh, was the quid pro quo. They then got rid of price regulation and said let's just have competition. The low cost airlines came along, and then the standard airlines simply cut their service provision drastically. Some prices went down, but then the end, as always happens with capitalism. This led to only a few winners. Those winners then consolidated with lots of others. There were lots of Chapter 11 bankruptcies. So you've only got very few actual airlines operating in America now. So now you don't have regulation, but you also don't really have competition in a lot of markets. So you've got the worst of all worlds. So um, well done, capitalism, yet again. Hooray! And to be fair, Marx did predict that that's what happens with capitalism. It always tends toward a monopoly. And if you think it has to, because... If capitalism is about competing, eventually the end of competition is not some, su- some sort of stable equilibrium. There is a winner takes all. And at that point, you might say there might be new entrants which challenge that winner. But sometimes the, mar- the, the um, barrier to entry is too high and you just stagnate into a kind of quasi-monopoly or duopoly. Are you and some sort of commie? Yes, I am. There you go. Echelon. I'm a communist. But the only problem with the commie is then you have the problem of the states know better because the states also are a rubbish monopoly. So what are you going to do? Uh, change planet. Change planet. Will that help? Having a different globe? I can do an impression of someone that no one's ever heard of. That's quite frustrating. It's quite good. I'm quite good at it. Well, do it. It's a guy called Frank Muller. Frank Muir. Not Frank Muir, sadly, no. Frank Muir. Frank Muir. Frank Muir. Frank Muir. <laughs> That's it, you've nailed it. Yes. I've got his autobiography somewhere, my dad bought it for me. Good God, Dennis Norton is still alive. How is that possible? It isn't. He's a, he's a, he's a robot. He's a robot mummy? Yes. How old is he? Eight billion. <laughs> Older than the universe. I'm looking up Dennis Norton. Yes. He's 91! He's only a year younger than HRH Sir Prince Philip. He retired uh, seven years ago. Yeah. He's married really? to Avril Levine. Oh, really? No, Avril, Avril Rosen, it turns out. Oh. They've been married since were... 1943. Good God. 70 years. Good heavens above, they've been married for 70 years. Better hope that doesn't happen to you. Yes, that'd be awful. <laughs> Goodness. Be in my hundreds. Hey. Anyway, so you were so you were saying? Oh yeah, so uh, this guy Frank Muller, he does the, he does the um, he's an audiobook reader. What audiobooks does he read? He, he reads uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna. I'm gonna have to take. Do you want me to spoil to it? Because voice. my brother told me how the Dark Towers ends. No, don't tell me how it ends. Apparently, it ends annoyingly. Good. Well, I'm not surprised. The whole books are very they're very poorly written. Mm. He says, Roland. That's, that's, my, that's my Frank Miller impression. And anyone who's listened to him will, will be clapping right now at how good that was. Uncanny. Roland. And the, he says things like, the, <coughs> the world had moved on. And everything again. is said like this. So it becomes incredibly dramatic. Doesn't that become annoying? It did. Well, at the first, so the first book in the Dark Tower series is read by someone else. 
mm-hmm. and he's got a very lovely voice, a very um, relaxing uh, and and good audiobook voice. So I was rather hoping his name is George Guidal. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping he'd be reading all of them, and then the next one's by Frank Willard, and and suddenly the books are being read like this with Roland, and uh, and I thought I'm not going to cope. This is this is preposterous. This is yes. parodic. Yes. And then I got to the end of the 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 second book, and I thought I really hope it's him reading the next one. <laughs> Mm. have become totally in love with his ludicrous voice and he his, his so his voice is like this when he's narrating but when he does the voice of 11 year old jake he talks like this this <laughs> is jake he's slightly softer and what about when he does ladies <laughs> well unfortunately the um the lady character in the stories is a because the the people are drawn from different periods of American history, like in the twentieth uh, century, and she's drawn from the sixties, I think, and is um she she's a black activist in a wheelchair, so she ticks an awful lot of boxes. Of course, um, is she a lesbian? Oh, sadly not. No, she she and uh, and Eddie get together pretty much straight away. Uh-huh. But she's but she's um uh, has a, a split personality. Um, oh, the ones that doesn't exist. Yeah, well, indeed, and and uh, and in, even better, I think the books refer to it as schizophrenia, just to make it even worse. Um, which of course has nothing to do with multiple personality disorder. No, of course. Or dissociative identity disorder, as it's now called. <laughs> and has never. Disease. And there's no there's no evidence for it ever having existed pre-diagnosis. Quite. Um, no, it exists after diagnosis. There's no question about it. People suffer from a very severely debilitating mental illness, but there, it fascinatingly seems to only exist after diagnosis. Yes. Um, anyway, so she has this magical version of split personality where she's either one or she's one of two different people all the time due to some accident in her childhood. You can hear them trying to bash their way through the wall of my study right yeah. now. So. Yeah. Just in case any listeners are wondering, this isn't recorded a week ago. This is this is still ongoing. Yes. Um, and and has been ongoing for four weeks now. That you haven't eviscerated yourself yet. I often have to leave the house <laughs> to prevent madness. Um, yeah. So she's and so he, and so the problem with her is uh, the uh, her alternate personality, who is this dreadful, vile woman. Um, the books describe her as having a. a bad parody of an American black slave accent. Oh dear. So he has to do the bad parody voice and it just becomes incredibly awkward. Well, I imagine he sounds like Jar Jar Binks at that point. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's pretty much at that point it's there, yes. Oh, please make the banging start the banging. It's inside my head now. I'll uh, I'll tell you what you should do. Why don't you meditate upon the genius of Sir Jonathan I of Apple for having come up with his amazing new operating system called Sandtoid and it has some amazing new features that nobody else has ever dreamt of and I hope he's patented I, it would be brilliant if they've tried to apply patents for iOS 7 and all it's <laughs> amazing myriad wondrous features they've come up with the, the notification centre that um, comes up uh, and the setting the quick settings options it comes from the bottom not the top <laughs> well, it comes from the bottom. I mean, no, I've never heard of a phone being able to do that before. 
Yeah. It's absolutely unique. I closed down the window with all that stuff in it. I'm going to open it again now. To... But also, did you know that it does multitasking? So when you press double press, it shows you little thumbnails of all your open applications. You can just swipe them away to close them. What? What? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm a bit scared by this idea. You've never heard it before. And then also on your lock screen, it shows you your current day's events. What's what's rather brilliant about this uh, this swiping them away feature is just watching the little mini video of it under multitasking is how badly designed it is. You can only see one of them at a time. Well, yes, you're right. <laughs> so yes. It's got so it's rather than having a little run of icons, you know, nice and small, and so you can see the last yeah. four or five things you've got running. This has one, and then half of an. Are yours bad at your end as I'm at mine? I've got I've got somebody climbing up a scaffolding outside my window, coming to kill me. We're being pestered by the working classes. <laughs> we must bat them away. Shoo, shoo, little shoo. poor man. Yeah. Um. So you can see one item at once and swoosh it away. What a brilliant idea! And it takes up most of the screen. Yeah. So rather than being a little thing, you can just run up the side of whatever you're doing. No, now it takes up the whole screen. Of course, they're geniuses. Good. It isn't, I, I always reckon that a good way of doing a preview, a thumbnail preview of what you're running is to make it the exact same size and take up the whole screen of what you're running. It's a good idea, isn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah, you'll be getting one of those. And it comes with, the, I believe you can use the Safari operating system, uh, um, uh, 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 internet browser on it. Yes. You can so that's, good, that's good news, isn't it? That choice of Safari. Yes, you can use Safari, and what's very clever is it, 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 all the, all, you can make all the buttons disappear and go full screen, unlike any other mobile web browser. That's true. Mm. So there we are, good old Apple. I wonder if you could tell me now, please, mm-hmm. what book you're reading as opposed to listening. Oh, mostly listening, I'm not really... I'm, I've got, I'm carrying around an Italo Calvino in my bag, but I haven't actually read any of it yet. So you don't read anymore? I, I, I'm interested by the debate. If you've listened, if you've listened to yes. a book all the way through, have you read yes. it? Have, yes. Can you say I've read that book? Yes. You can? Yes. So if you're saying to someone, someone says, oh, have you read uh, blah, 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 like, have you read, um, what did I listen to? No Country for Old Men by Cormac mm-hmm. McCarthy. Can I say, yes, I've read it, even though I actually only listened to someone else read it? It's not eating fibre. It's not, you know, roughage. Yes. Okay. Why not? Why because not? it just feels like you've cheated. How? Because you listened, not read. You didn't. I, you were saying I read. So you're so so. I didn't so read so it, it. I heard. So it. right. Okay. So if your eye interprets symbolic scratchings yeah. on a piece of paper, yeah, that's reading. That's that's more worthy or more significant than a, a, a little drum inside your head wobbling a bit and having the the little wobbles be interpreted as those symbols and then the meaning. It's, that's more... That's I'm not easier, saying one is better than the other. I'm saying one is reading. So if someone says, have you read? If I say, yes, I'm li- I am lying. Okay, so so are you telling me that no blind people can be said to uh, be well-read if they listen to all their novels in audiobook? Yes, I am saying that. You're so racist against the blind race. I don't think we've ever... <laughs> I don't think we've ever denied my hatred of the blind. It's true. I heard Peter Blind on the radio the other day, oh, again, and I thought he's that actual king. He they voted him their king, king of the blind. Yes. yes. How would they know? 
Because they feel his mustachioed face. Does he have a moustache? Yes, of course he does. Well, I imagine shaving must be a bit of a problem. I imagine his lovely lady wife does the shaving for him. He's not married. The blind don't get married. They marry other blinds. That's how come they maintain their race. (laughs) I I was just on looking up and I googled Peter Blind. (laughs) There is a Peter Blind on Twitter. Is there? Peter Blind is a lecturer educational sciences at Rotterdam University. Uh, let's find out about Peter Blind's full uh, history. Let's stalk him. Okay. <laughs> I want to see what he last said on oh. Twitter. Peter Blind just seems to be Twitter spam. Is he? It's all it's all headlines and links to something called and hashtag edu edudemic edudemic. Ten reasons to try 20% time in the classroom. Yes. Oh, man, Peter Blind's a scumbag. He is a bit of a scumbag. Well, you always thought he was. What's his real name? I've forgotten. Peter White. Peter White, that's it. Peter Blind's on Facebook as well. Oh, he doesn't have a moustache anymore. I've never seen him, so I don't want to. I think think it's unfair that I can see Peter Blind. (laughs) Although, actually, John, have you you searched for Peter Blind? Yes, Just type in Google, type Peter Blind, scroll down, and you'll see images for Peter Blind. What's the third image you see? I'm going to have to go back. Oh, well, there is! (laughs) And it's a link to a (laughs) bbc.co.uk. So he is king of all the blinds. He He is is the the blinds. Oh, he, oh, that's a horrible little moustache that he used to have. I'm glad I didn't imagine it, because he's got one of those faces that looks like it's got a, uh, you know, moustache ghost. It's awful. Some people like, like John, like, like John, like John Majors had. Yes, he had moustache ghost. He did. Oh. Uh, but yes, look at his little tufty moustache that Peter Blind once sported. He doesn't look pleasant. I can um, see now why he prefers that everybody be blind. It's normally at this point that one or the other of us would say, but we don't. You know, we don't actually, because obviously a lot of people listening to Rum Doings, chances are that we have a lot of um, uh, unsighted listeners. But, oh, we, yeah. but we do actually hate hate you. We do actually we hate, hate all the blind people. They're the uh, worst. I, they are the worst. Um, Mostly because of their superpowers. Yeah, well, exactly. I think that's what makes us scared of them. Because we know that in the end, they'll be shuffling their way around, but they'll be in charge. That's right. Like the mm. crabs. Like the crabs. Are you a fan of sci-fi? Yes. At the moment. You are. What do you mean at the moment? <laughs> no, because I suddenly realised, and I got a bit upset about it, that I may be falling out of love with it. Well, the sci-fi from the 50s still exists. Yeah, I think I might just have to use that, because I'm finding modern sci-fi just annoying me a little bit. I don't know, it's trying a little bit too hard, because it's trying... It's a bit embarrassed about what it is, and, and I don't like that. What examples, what modern sci-fi do you even encounter? Um, I can't remember the last one. I read the last one about three or four years ago. I just picked up something at random that had been recommended, and it was just a, lo- a bunch of overwrought um, nonsense, which just didn't seem to work very well. I-, I-, I don't know. I mean, if anybody can recommend just a good sci-fi romp, I would be happy to know one that isn't a piece of sci-fi that isn't embarrassed about being sci-fi. I think the problem with um, the late unlamented Ian Banks is that his his work was often a little bit embarrassed about being sci-fi. Indeed, he was so embarrassed about writing sci-fi that he had to change his name for when he wasn't. As he we did talked he to, dramatically as we talked about before. change his name so no one could figure exactly. out who he was. 
as we've talked, n- not since Clark Kent put on his glasses has there been such a change in persona. <laughs> but as we've talked about before, I, I don't know. I find he's he's very arch. It was very arch. I think we've said this. Cancer. I think I've said this on Rumdoings before as well. But we've heard about the death of of Ian Banks, but I've heard nothing about Ian M. Banks. Maybe he's still writing science fiction. No, Ian M. Banks doesn't write science fiction. Ian M. Banks writes what he called straight books. Oh, it's all confusing. So he's still alive then? Yes. Okay so, then. So there'll be another Wasp Factory. Oh, okay. Wasp Factory Just, too. This time factory. they're stingier. Yeah, have you read the Wasp Factory? I have not, no. It's quite unpleasant. Oh, <laughs> in a good or a bad way? Well, good and bad way. Try it. Try it and see if you like it. Have you read No Country for Old Men? I haven't read No Country for Old Men. Victoria saw the film and said it was very boring. Oh, well, the film isn't boring. She's incorrect. All right. But unlike most films of good books, it it feels beholden to the text, but doesn't have the time. So you end Mm. up with that frustrating rush. Oh, dear. His book, The Road, which is absolutely one of my favourite books, um, the film is... The film has... It makes the the choice of just telling the big events that happen in the book and thus Mm -hmm. missing out all the sections of The Road... Mm. Um, and so completely the film is good but completely misses the point of the book oh, very bad very bad but the No Country for Old Men is, is a well made movie but you just feel like the Coen brothers had such respect for the text they didn't dare deviate from it yeah, but then had to pack it away two hours yeah uh, talk, talking about good films uh, my brother went to see a film have you heard of The Secret Cinema yes I have um, basically where uh, you don't know what film you're going to see and then they do a whole kind of event based around that film. Mm. Very, very, um, very, very meticulously choreographed and so on. So they, we went to see one with his wife and they turned up and it was in some weird, um, very alienating office block in Croydon and they turned up and then they split the people who came in two and one had to go to one box office to collect their ticket and the other to the other box office and when they got to the front of the queue they were told to go behind to another one and then they were told at the other one that they needed to go back and get a stamp and then they weren't allowed in. So and it was Brazil then? Of course, but then they went in <laughs> and it was projected. Uh, it was like in a horrible office block in Croydon where apparently they'd used you know, very similar to some of the sets that they'd used. Yeah. Uh, some old beaty thing. And they did it on multi and they projected it onto the kind of the inner round, you know, it's a bit like the old TV center, which had an inner circle and they projected it onto the building in the inner circle. And then they would go up and down different, to to different parts of the building to watch the next bit. And there (laughs) were people. And then when they, for example, had the cooling tower scene where they paraglided in, people actually did paraglide down. Wow. And, and joined and in the samurai fighting, there were actually people doing fighting with samurai costumes, and there were weird things happening all over the place. For example, where he says there was this, this you could before when you were looking there were this there was this computer, and you would you know a big green screen computer, and then you, you would open it up. The computer would open up, and you could go inside and crawl down this little corridor, and the room was full of people wearing the uh, baby face masks, and oh, they would all be staring at you and things like that. So it sounds like they did it very well, and I'm just a bit sad that we missed it, isn't it? Well, it's the kind of thing you can't plan to miss. No. I plan to miss the next one, though. Okay. I'm I've, heard the ne- I've heard the, the next, next one's one. going to be The Princess Diaries 2. I've not seen Princess Bride. Oh, Nicholas, you must. Must I? It's lovely. It's a really lovely film. It's well, I'll it's tell you well what, I will watching. watch it when I'm on holiday in the evening. That's a good idea. Shall I do that? Yes, I should think so. Okay. It's... it's... I t- 
what puts me off is the title. Apparently, the, yes. his his daughter just invented that title, and so he had to call it that. Well, that's part of the joke. So the the film don't is, spoil it. No, no, no. Right at the beginning of the film, the film is narrated by Columbo to Kevin from the Wonder Years. Mm. Um, Peter Falk to Fred Savage. So Fred Savage is a kid in bed, and Peter Falk is his granddad, I think, reading him a story. Um, and he doesn't want to hear the story because it's called the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, and say. and every time there's any kissing in the in the in the film, it cuts back to Kev- Fred Savage, absolutely furious. He's being told about it and wanting it to stop. I once tried to show this film to a group of eleven to thirteen year olds. Uh-huh. Because what a brilliant film for them to see, and they wouldn't shut up and listen to it because they were. It was so weird. They were complaining about the stuff that Fred Savage's character was complaining I about, but not shutting up long enough so to realise. I hate them all. I hope that you killed them after you buggered them. I seal. Thank you. I sealed the doors and burned the building down. That was the only only way forward. After buggering them? No, I didn't. I didn't do that. That isn't. Oh, what a wasted opportunity then. Nick, you're, you I thought you were a religious leader today. I think someone, someone needs a cream tea. Oh, yeah, I, I, you were the religious leader. And, you know, <laughs> all religious leaders are paedophiles. We've learned that, and therefore you are. I'm saying it publicly on this. Stage. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you still a youth worker? Have you stopped that nonsense now? I don't do any at the moment. No, I'm glad you don't do any of it. Not because I believe you're a pedo, but I just think you're wasting your time. The youth are rubbish, and they need to grow up. <laughs> I was quite a good youth worker. I love youth work. I, I love just... Because there's two types of youth work, I think, that exist, really. Mm-hmm. And there, there's the underprivileged kids uh, mm-hmm. where you provide... You just provide facilities and space and attention, which are absolutely life-changing. Yes. Um, and I never really... I did some of that, but not very much. That was never really my thing. Or there was working with, you know, the reasonably well-off middle-class kids. And everyone kind of always looked down on that as mm-hmm. a bit, you know, well, why aren't you helping the kids who actually I need... And... Uh, my argument was always because my my philosophy with working with those kids was to introduce them to ideas about um, positive social change and, uh, and convince them that they have the ability to make a better make things better and provide mm. them with opportunities to do so. Since and so, they're going to be running the world, you might as well try. Exactly, and that's my point. Something. These the reality is these are the kids who are going to get to positions of power and influence when they're older. So I think it's great to catch them when they're young and, and just teach them about social um, social change and values and, and just give them ideas that, you know, basic things. Like in Bath, I told them about, uh, I said, did you know, you know, did you know that in Britain there are kids who can't afford to eat, don't have any hot food and walk around barefoot in their towns, in their, around their streets because they can't afford shoes? Incorrect. And they were like, in England? And I said, and did you realise that this is in Bath and it's about 10 minutes drive from here? No. Um, and so they have no idea about this stuff because they're brought up in little middle class bubbles, which is great and, and wonderful that they are. That's fantastic. But yeah, and so just making them aware of the, the extreme mm. poverty that is in their own town. You should also allow them to enjoy their life a bit. Exactly. Not but this make, is the Not thing. just make them completely guilty for being bored. <laughs> no, no, no. But when they hear about this, they say, well, how can we make this better? That's the instinctive reaction is how can we help? And then they want to go out and help, which is amazing. Yeah. So you just give them this. Isn't it a pity you didn't have a chance to talk to the young Tim Yo and tell him not to commit adultery and take bribes? It is a shame, isn't it? Mm. If only you'd have gone back in time and talked to little Tim. Maybe I still will. Maybe you will. Mm. Oh, it's been one of those days, hasn't it? Yes, it really has. At quarter past ten in the morning, it's been one of those days. In the middle of Rainton. Oh, it's very heavily Rainton today. That was a very nasty little tricky, tricky tin, though, because we did really feel that we were 
coming out of the worst of a very unpleasant winter. A very unpleasant three-year-long winter. Uh, why do we live here, Jonathan? I don't know. I don't know. So next week, mm-hmm. we'll likely record again. We will. And then after that, there'll be uh, rum doing silence for a couple of weeks. Well, I don't know. But not a lack of rum doings. Well, I don't know. I actually, I genuinely don't know. It depends. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how it depends, John. Are you? Are you? Are you ready for this? My ears article? are pricked. Racist. What I think might happen is we may record one and then on a day that I have to look after little Judy in port because Victoria and your wife will be gallivanting on a horse. Mm -hmm. I may go to a nice little uh, uh, Icelandic coffee shop or something like that and upload it if I'm feeling nice. I may not, but maybe I'll do that. I was going to say it's it's possible that we can find places we can upload, but... I'm not going to make it... I'm not going to make it destroy our... Our, our lovely bonding time together. I'm not going to I'll have it interrupt sex with, with you, John. However, if the opportunity arises and we're all too tired to have sex, then mm-hmm. I will be very happy to upload. We'll see. Excellent. We're so going to be the best gay dads there's ever been. We are going to be very good gay dads. And I know that you desperately don't want to look after Judith, but while both of our, our wives are on horses, we are going to be gay dads. I understand I'm completely fine with it. What I'm suggesting is that I've not paid Mm £450,000 to go on a holiday to be your babysitter. Well, you have. I'm sorry if you didn't realise that, but there you go. I'll confiscate your passport. (laughs) (laughs) Like all indentured servants. (laughs) I need to go and do some work. Okay, have fun. Thanks then, bye. Bye.